Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My dad and I were out in the woods in East Texas. We bedded down for the night and as I was drifting off I started feeling this oppressive sense of being watched. It creeps right along, building into dread, the hairs on the back of my neck prickling apparently one by one, until I hear this guttural, hate-filled whisper, Sangoma. The sense of being watched melted away. Creepy as F. I don't think I slept the rest of the night. You know what's even creepier? Years later I'd come across the word Sangoma again, completely by accident. It's the Kosa term for a witch doctor. Make of that what you will. I don't go camping in East Texas now if I can help it. I was heading out to an abandoned farmhouse to hang out and drink some beers with four friends. Dark as hell in the middle of the woods. You have to follow the old overgrown driveway that starts where the road ends like a mile back. You can't drive back there anymore it's like 30 years overgrown. The house belonged to the parents of the next closest house that's about 3 miles away as the crow flies. I know them, and they're okay with us going back there, so we weren't trespassing. Anyway. We're walking back there with a couple flashlights and we were loud and should have scared any wildlife off well before we got close to see anything. Out of nowhere there's this giant ghost dog the size of a side-by-side ATV. I mean full-on blue-green glowing kinda shaggy dog in the middle of the woods. This animal is huge, no bears in that part of the country either which is the only thing I could compare it to size-wise. And we were close before we saw it maybe 20 to 30 yards, it was just there. Its movements were loud against the ground and brush, but made no sound itself. You could feel it move. We stopped, it paused, looked at us and ran off. Then it was just gone, like it only ran maybe 10 to 15 yards before just nothing. We turned tail and noped the hell out of there. We did go back. During the day. Not sure what we were looking for evidence-wise, but we never did find anything. I never went back there in the dark though. I'm a rational person, I acknowledge I have a limit to my intelligence and experience. I've seen shit I cannot rationally explain. This, by far, I had no frame of reference for.
didn't specifically happen to me, but when I was around 12 to 15, I was hunting with my dad and his hunting buddy. I was with my dad and our friend was off a different trail. At the end of the day we always met up where our trails met to walk back to the truck together. My dad was trying to teach our friend over the radios we used to use and couldn't get anything from him for about 20 minutes. As my dad and I are almost to the crossing, he comes on the radio and says he's on his way. We get there and soon after our friend shows up entirely out of breath and sweating like a pig. Mind you, we're in the north woods of Wisconsin during gun deer season, so he has very heavy clothing on and his spot was about 1.5 miles down the trail. He goes on to tell us why he didn't answer and what happened. He was sitting in his ground blind and saw some movement in front of him. About 50 yards ahead he saw a black bear cub, and only the cub. It sat down and started clawing at a tree trunk. He didn't move or make any noise because he knew mama bear was close and didn't want her to find him. He sat there watching the cub for over an hour constantly trying to find Mama Bear, but could not get eyes on her. Finally, the cub lumbered off and he decided it was safe to move out. By the time he answered us it was already getting past dusk and starting to get dark. As he was walking he heard a breath and felt hot warm air on the back of his neck. The man is 6 feet 4, so there's only two things that could have been tall enough to do that. A person or a standing bear. He panicked and sprinted for over a mile down the trail until he saw us. Luckily, he wasn't chased and made it back safely, just sweaty and beat. One. 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 There's a spot in Kentucky, in the Daniel Boone National Forest that always has and always will creep me out. My father has told me stories of him fishing around dusk with his cousin in this place. A branch of the local lake leads out this way through the hills. This one time they're out fishing and about head home when they start hearing noises coming from the surrounding forest. Keep in mind Teresa dead end road here and Teresa only one way in and out of this canyon. There are no houses and no other roads into this place. Out from the woods people come, and they don't say a word. My dad claims that they looked unwashed, clothes torn, just staring them down. Like something out of deliverance. I guess my dad or his cousin flashed a pistol and they both just backed off toward their truck and drove off. This other time I'm camping out there with a friend. This is sort of toward the end of the same road which would be maybe 5 to 6 miles long until it hits a dead end. As we're sitting around the fire around midnight, we begin to hear forest noises. No big deal right? Could be a deer or a raccoon or possum or something shuffling about. Then we begin to hear splashes further away in the water. It sounded like maybe a carp was splashing around and it sounded pretty far off at that. No big deal. The shuffling gets louder from all sides and the splashing increases in volume as well as frequency until it feels like something is right on top of us. We have no idea what so we drop everything and hop in my truck and drive off. After many discussions, we have never arrived at a conclusion and we have never gone back. He went hunting out in the Pennsylvania game lands and set up in a tree very deep in the woods.
It was about noon but the area was a bit dark from the shade of the thick forest. He described it as a boggy, swampy part. He noticed a storm was about to roll in and figured it'd be too dark slash rainy to hang around much longer. So as he's thinking about leaving, a 10-pointer just rolls up within a very close range. I don't know what is considered close but he shoots him, the deer drops dead. That was the point of him telling the story. Where it gets weird is as soon as he shot the deer, a man walked right past the deer. He didn't look at it. He didn't pay any attention to it. He wasn't wearing hunting apparel. The area isn't one for hiking since well, it's a game land and he was deep in the boggy woods. My friend's dad swears there is absolutely no way the man didn't see a deer drop dead in the direction he was walking in. The man was no more than five yards away from the deer as he walked by it. And just like that, the man seemed to disappear and quickly as he appeared. He still continues to hunt. I'm not sure I would have but I don't hunt. I wasn't exactly hunting. I had a nice 94 Camaro and I needed new tire due to being a stupid teenager with a powerful car. I knew where I could get some nice tires, but I had to steal them from a guy that once stole my car and drove it into a lake. We parked across the highway in a clearing in front of a cornfield. We got there we each grabbed a tire and was working on throwing them in the car when we heard like a croaking noise. We looked over and saw something very human-like but like three foot tall that ran fast as shit out of the corn and into the distance all within about three seconds. We all saw it and no one believes us. We got the tires in the car and got the hell out of there fast. A few years ago a friend and I were doing some wild hog and predator control for a farmer that owned a bunch of property. The farmer's property was being badly rooted up by the pigs and his calves had been attacked by coyotes. Anyway, we're out easing down a series of single lane dirt roads with the farmer's property on either side. We are miles from anything even resembling civilization on a moonless night at around 3 AM. To say it's dark would be an understatement. I'm looking out the passenger window of the truck with a thermal monocular looking for hot spots out in the fields. My friend and I aren't talking much at this point, just the low hum of the diesel engine in the dark. All of a sudden my friend's voice cracks a little bit and says hey man, what's up? And the truck stops. I look over to say what the hell are you talking about and see a real weird looking dude standing right outside the driver's window. There was something real creepy about the guy and he never said a word. My friend hit the throttle and we got about 20 yards down the road pretty quick. I turned around with the thermal monocular and looked out the back glass of the truck. Bout soiled my pantaloons when there wasn't anything hot anywhere on the dirt road or even close to it. It was probably a meth head that jumped off in the ditch or something after my friend hit the throttle, but whatever the hell had just happened, we felt rather undergunned even with two semi-auto rifles, night vision, thermal, and sidearms. We decided it was late and that was quite enough hunting for that particular night. I was out deer hunting with my dad and his friends several years ago. 
They put me in a stand at the top of a small hill while they hunted a quarter mile away at the bottom of the hill. The plan was sit until dark, then we would all meet up at the truck. My dad's friend had brought me to the stand via a quad, so I had no qualms about sitting until dark because I figured he'd come get me. Nope for whatever reason they expected me to walk back in the dark. Even though I was new to the area, I wasn't worried about getting lost because there was only one trail going in and out. It's walking alone in the woods at night with just my phone's flashlight to guide me that freaks me out. I did have my 12 gauge with me but that's only useful if you can see what's coming at you. The area we were hunting was mostly woods consisting of oak, maple and hickory. However the trail led through a section of dense pines. If you've ever been in stand of white pines that are only 10 to 20 feet tall, you'll know what I'm talking about. Before I entered that section of the trail I had to mentally prep myself. I told myself that this is southern Indiana, I'm basically on the Kentucky border. There is nothing here but farmland, no cougars, no Bigfoots, no grumpy Wendigos, I'm the the top predator here, a 15 year old with a shotgun. So as I enter the thick stuff I think to myself I should make myself sound bigger than I am. So I stop walking like a hunter and switch to my hiking walk which, with my boots on, makes me sound like a baby moose. As soon as I do this I hear loud rustling to both my left and right. My worst nightmare had come true. I was surrounded at night in thick foliage by some unknown entity. Then a sound that I can only describe as pulsating thunder pierced the night and went off into all directions. I stood dead still with my light off for about a minute. I'd have stood there longer if reason hadn't kicked fear in the face. I'm not just a deer hunter but also a bird hunter. The sound I had heard was like the wing beats of pheasant taking flight but louder. I realized I had just startled a flock of roosting turkeys. For some reason this caused all my fear to dissipate. The way I saw it, if these turkeys see it as safe enough to sleep here then I should be safe as well. With that thought, I made it back to the truck without further incident. My boss has tons of private property in northern Michigan, and he offered to let me hunt there this year so I took him up on the offer quickly as I've put up with central Michigan public land for years. Anyways, come September I got out there and put three hang-on tree stands with screw-in steps, yeah yeah, I know, not legal but that's the only thing I'm comfortable climbing and I take them out after I leave, in various locations. Keep in mind this is private, Nobody else is supposed to be hunting within miles of me. Fast forward to late October and I managed to get out there after a very busy work schedule, roofing sucks, go to school kids, for a weekend. So Friday, I take my bait out to one of my stands, the closest one to the cabin. I get there and notice there isn't much deer sign so I decide to lug my bag out three miles down until the swamp where I find my next stand with heavy sign so I spread my pile out. I put my steps in so I can climb it in the morning and begin to head back. The third stand, the furthest one out, was only a mile away from the one I was at situated on the side of a fairly large hill. I get within a quarter mile of it on my GPS when suddenly I begin to pick up on a bad feeling. Like, my body was telling me something was up. 
Normally I know better than T go against this but this is as remote as you can get for Michigan so I carried on. The closer I got, the worse the feeling got. I got within 50 yards when I just froze. Something was wrong. The tree my stand was in was empty. There was no stand. But just to my right in front, about 30 feet from the tree, was my stand, mangled and broken. I ran over to it and started investigating. In front of the stand, five feet away on the ground, was a massive, and fresh impact mark on the ground where it had hit, then bounced against a tree. Hard enough to leave a mark, again fresh, on the tree and cleanly snap the seat off. I then turned to me tree. I looked for marks, and found none. Just the old marks from where I screwed my steps in a month and a half ago when I set it up. No footprints, nothing around the tree. Someone, or something. Unstrapped my stand and threw it from 25 feet up the tree and traveled through the air the same distance to the ground. This stand was not light either, easily 60 pounds I knew I needed to get out of there quick, so I booked it straight to the cabin. Stupid me went out to hunt the next morning in the stand with bait. I hunted from sunup to sundown, not seeing a damn thing. So, around dark I started to pack up. Where I was facing, I could see the hill where I had the other stand, and just as I was about to get down I could see a light. Then two. Then four or five lights. They were moving erratically around the general area of the stand. It was so silent I could barely hear some faint voices. I noped out of there silently and in the dark. The next day, I was done. I had decided to pick up my remaining stands and leave. I went to the stand I hunted in the next day, when I seen the stand hanging in the tree next to the one I was in off a branch. I didn't investigate. I turned around, and ran back to the truck. I was done. Nope, that was that. Called my boss and told him what was up. His theory was meth heads or marijuana growers. As for me, I have no clue. My old man would take my brothers and I hunting out of this little cabin in Colorado. The cabin is way isolated and I mean this place is a good 30 to 40 miles from the nearest town and that itself is only a handful of people nestled right in the middle of Nowhereville, USA. To get there you have to go over a mountain pass and take a ton of old dirt roads but in the end, it's worth it. The hunting is great, the sights are unforgettable and you are completely isolated. One year my brother, who I'll call C, and I decide to play a little prank on our youngest brother, L, we have a habit of telling scary stories and this only increases when we go camping and hunting cuz that's just one of the things you do out in the middle of the woods. C and I finish telling L a particularly frightening tale and like the loving brothers we are, we start egging him on about all the creepy shit that's probably lurking outside the cabin as we speak. L is getting way into it and begins to freak out and our dad has enough of mine and sees antics and sends us out to get more firewood. While we're out there C and I devise an even greater prank that'll surely scar our baby brother for life. So like the idiots we are, we start making all these howling noises. Now we're a good 50 yards from the cabin at this point and C and I are lying in wait for our little brother to come investigate where we went since that's something our dad would make him do. 
Sure enough, L comes out with a high beam light and starts scanning the area from the doorway to see where we are. Now L hates coyotes and we continue to make howling and growling noises while he searches for us. And from what we can see of him, the kid is petrified on the spot as he looks for us. As soon as he passed C and I with the light we jumped out of the darkness and snarled and ran at him on all fours, scaring the living hell out of our little bro. Mission accomplished. Next thing C and I know, our dad is in the doorway and boy, our old pops is fuming at this point. He grabs the light L had dropped and turns it on us as we're making our way back. I turned to C and told him it was nice knowing him, but before our dad goes full Jack Torrance from the shining on our asses, something changed in the way my dad was standing. I visibly saw his silhouette sag in the doorway as he looked out into the night and suddenly he's telling us to get in the cabin as fast as we can. I didn't hear anger in his voice at all, I just remember the fear in his words as he started yelling boys don't turn around, just get back to the cabin, now. 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 C and I barely made it through the door before our dad slammed it shut and managed to lock it with his shaking hands. He made it to his chair and sat down before facing us and said with the straightest face stop scaring your brother. Turns out they planned the whole thing when we went out for firewood. Not me but my father. He had been living and working up in the Canadian Arctic for a while, a Callowit, Baffin Island to be exact. In his free time he liked to hike no matter the season, though he preferred the winter because there weren't any insects. On one hike in the winter, he was out with his German Shepherd. At some point during the way back to a Callowit, the German Shepherd started getting spooked and was alerting him and whatnot. He had trained her extremely well and decided he was going to follow his gut instinct and run with her up a large hill that bordered the town. It turns out that a polar bear had been stalking the two of them. Considering how close the polar bear was to a large community of humans, my father was pretty spooked because the bear was probably hungry. Even though he had a rifle with him, he was pretty happy he trusted his dog and ran. I was deer hunting a piece of land in North Nebraska that runs along the Loop River. Opening morning and the sun had just come up. I'd been walking along the river for about an hour getting a spot away from where I knew a few other hunters would be. Usually I'm fairly at ease out there but as I walked I slowly became more and more uneasy. I could feel eyes on me. Literally feel them. However every time I'd look back there was nothing behind me and I had a pretty good vantage at least 200 yards back around a bend in the river. Anyways, the area was really still and I'd seen nothing at all. Had heard shots in the area so I decided to walk back the same way I'd come to see if I could spot anything moving around the next bend. As soon as I got to the tree line I'm instantly aware of some tracks that had not been there previously. Medium-sized cougar had been following me just off to the side closest to the tree line. I could see where it had stopped and hung out around each of the blind corners while I walked around the next bend. I wasn't afraid, but definitely was a shock they're still fairly rare out here.
there's one area I will not go into anywhere near dark, and try not to go into alone period. I've hunted alone since I was 12 and spent every moment I could in the woods. When I was about 15 my mom moved us to the old family homestead it was close to a couple hundred acres and I was in love. A fairly rough area in West Virginia hill wise but it did have a well established four wheeler road up through it and even though I didn't have a four wheeler it made exploring it a bit easier. There was one place though that was really creepy. It was the head of this small hollow where the ridges came together and a spring at the top turned into a nice stream by the time it hit the bottom. This area though always seemed to have a slight breeze and I was told it was always like that due to the way the valley laid. But it always made me uncomfortable, like being watched from there, and noises. Branches breaking sure, dismiss as wind breaking branches but there was often the sound of wood on wood smacking and breaking. Sometimes when hunting in that hollow a hundred yards away it would get so excessive that I would climb out of my tree stand and leave. My cousins lives there off and on for years before me moved there so when my cousin would show up we would go squirrel hunting. One day we walked by there and I told him about how creepy it was and he just says oh yeah mom says it's a sasquatch. So teenage me is like well yes that explains everything awesome. Leaving there we are walking down a steep section of road but he was a bit heavy set and winded so we stopped for a second. Then we started hearing whispering. Can't really understand it but it's like the whispering on Lost. Just loud enough to hear. He was quite the redneck and starts yelling and we're looking towards this giant dead beech tree. He thinks someone is messing with us trying to scare us so he threatens to shoot and it's quite for a few seconds and whispers again. He unloads his gun into the tree and we quickly left. Later on I was about 17 and wanted to get into raccoon hunting with dogs. I got a dog for my cousin to try out and see if I really liked it and hunted some with some friends to learn a bit. Well one night a buddy and I decide to take her out on a hunt and of course we go up to where my stand is, about three quarters of a mile into the woods, about 100 yards from the creepy place in the woods. We turn the dog loose and she gets out, nose to the ground, and off she goes. She seems like she's on something but not barking. She continues to run along in the direction of that place and I immediately regret my decision to hunt here. My friend isn't aware as I have not shared stories with him of this place so he says come on and we try to follow her after about 10 minutes of no barking. We head to where we last heard her and find a print and she's headed straight into that area. We walk up the road to the head of this hollow stop, turn out our lights, and listen. It's super quiet and there are no noises whatsoever, it's pretty dark as there were some clouds out to block the moon. No dog running no barking not even the wind seemed to be blowing. And then suddenly I see a blue light about 80 yards up the hill and really moving along left to right seemingly blinking as it passed behind trees, but it was gone in an instant. It was dark but knowing that area so well it probably covered a distance of 50-ish yards in just a few seconds. My friend turns to me did I cut him off with don't talk about it he replies with let's get out of here to which I replied don't run. I don't know why, something about not running from predators was in my head, plus I didn't want to take a chance of us being separated. We speed walked a good ways and it started. It sounded exactly like a wooden screen door slamming shut. 
This happens three or four times and we're really moving now. We make it to the truck hop in and take off but we have the windows down yelling for the dog and about a half mile down this dirt road I hear something behind us like the dog may be chasing. I ask him if he hears or sees anything and he says dude I think it's the dog so I stop hop out and nothing. Jump back in the truck and take off. We didn't even stop at the house we drove straight to my cousin's house where we both currently lived, we both left home at 16 and he took us in, and explained the story to him. He of course calls us baby and tells about hunting with no lights in those woods when he was a kid blah blah blah. But then he says oh yeah but when I was a kid I found a baby skull in the creek. What? This would have been close to 40 years before this time but we called bullshit but he immediately calls his mom and after a short hey how are you he asks what he found in the creek when he was about 5 in the hollow behind the old home place and she replied oh that baby skull? Yeah honey I buried it beside the porch. He then talked us into going back to conquer our fears of ghosts because they don't exist but that's a whole other story in itself. I was living in really remote Alaska one summer and my friend and I went on a hike. The hike was super smelly, we just thought there was a skunk nearby, pertinent info for later in story. We got about 2 miles into the trail when we started hearing weird things, like branches breaking, and the dog we were with kept stopping and pointing off into the distance. We stopped for lunch when a huge mama moose stopped and stood about 15 yards from us and just stared. For at least 5 to 7 minutes before we decided this was weird and we needed to leave. We walked all the way out of the trail and about 3 miles back home down the dirt road, where we ran into the pilot car driver for the tour bus company that comes through our town twice a day. His exact words, I'm not even joking, hey did you guys go on your hike? I told, cousin, to tell you not to. I saw a huge grizzly run into that trailhead this morning. As it turns out, there are no skunks in Alaska. Grizzly bears smell like skunks because they like to eat their meat rotten. They also stalk in a circle pattern. They walk in front of you, making you think you're cool. Then they circle around you and get you right from behind. Insert euphemism. All this info I learned after my hiking days in Alaska. As a child, my family went backpacking a lot. My parents got super into it after a trip they had. A heavy backpack and walking for miles was not exactly fun for us kids. Anyhow we did a longer trip once where we were out camping almost a week. The kind where you camp at a few spots with hikes in between to get to them. It was in Yosemite. I think we ended up near Cathedral Peak. This hike dumped us not back at our car, like most of our trips did, but at some other trailhead. The plan was my dad would hitchhike or something to get our car and pick us. Trip went normal. I don't remember seeing too many other people. Second campsite was shitty, had a beehive nearby, so we went directly to third campsite. Again, normal. Quiet. Finally, we're hiking back out to civilization. We get to the end of the trail and the parking lot at this trailhead seemed a little too barren. 
I can't remember what we expected but something felt off. Three or four cars and no people. Okay. We noticed that all the cars, have a piece of paper on their windshields. Hmm. It essentially said, warning, armed convicted rapist at large. Description of guy. Don't talk to anyone. Don't give anyone a ride. He attacked a park ranger who picked him up hitchhiking. He has up to three firearms and a taser. He took off into woods when authorities started looking for him. Suspected of being some survivalist woodsman type and knows the park. Some details about where they thought he was hiding, I think pretty close to where we had been. Not five minutes after reading this and freaking out a bit we see a Bronco go by full of what looks like special forces. Guys in tons of gear, camouflage, painted faces and large guns. They were looking out at us probably thinking WTF is this family doing out here? The park had been on lockdown for a couple days I think. I don't know if they called it in but shortly after a park ranger came by, saw us, and pulled over. We explain the situation and he gives my dad a ride to our car and leaves his partner, with a shotgun, behind, not enough room in truck, with me, my mother, and my siblings to wait for them to get back. We get our car. They escorted us back to a roadblock. They had closed off part of the park I guess. We drove ourselves back to Yosemite Valley and the whole drive we kept passing cars full of park rangers and whoever these commando Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fucking guys were. People were pretty surprised when we came out of the wrong part of the park. All I remember at the end was that they checked every vehicle exiting the park. It was backed up quite a bit. There was a tour bus in front of us and two rangers checking all the storage compartments below one by one. One opening and another guy with the largest shotgun I'd ever seen in my life clearing it. Nuts. They were very serious in checking our car. Making sure my dad was who he said he was, that we weren't nervous, etc. Freaky. 1995. Earlier than I thought. They had been looking for him that weekend and so we must have ended our hike on Sunday. Second day of the search. Mostly remember the rest pretty close. I still love Yosemite but I haven't been backpacking since childhood. This happened to my grandfather years ago. I guess he was out hunting and walking around in some woods maybe five miles from a main road near where my family settled north of Pittsburgh. He said that he started seeing these burnt out candles and started picking them up for some reason. He followed them for like a 100 yards and at the very end there was a circle of black candles with a hole in the ground that looked to be a grave. He brought all the candles home and my grandma yelled at him and made him throw them away. I'm a hunter of wildlife photographs. Was hiking in some thick rainforest when I heard some rustling some distance away. Not loud rustling, just like something small was moving in the branches. This sound was coming from a spot that was between me and the road. And the approach is only a three to four foot wide path, and thick cover on either side. I thought it was probably monkeys, but felt it would be better if I left. So I started retracing my steps, turned the last bend in the path, and now it was the home stretch. Maybe 30 more steps to the safety of the road. But there, looming right before me, within touching distance, was a bull elephant looking straight at me. Lone bull elephants have a bad reputation in India. I thought I was a goner. Life flashed before my eyes etc. He was probably puzzled too, and showed his displeasure. He stomped his foot, swayed his head from side to side, groaned, and crashed away through the trees on his left. I don't know why I was spared that day. This is him, from the safety of the road. Next day, in a completely different part of the forest, I was sitting under a tree, catching my breath. The forest here wasn't so thick, so I could see around me. And whoosh! Another bull elephant, but this one somehow can't explain, somehow didn't give me bad vibes. He appeared from 10 o'clock direction, approached to about 20 to 30 feet away, 
and then lost interest in me, and proceeded to take his lunch. We spent about 10 minutes together, my heart was busting, but somehow my brain was calm and I knew nothing bad was going to happen. Nothing did. He finished eating and left. I never went into the forest alone after that. My mom was pregnant with me at the time. He was an off-duty police officer hunting by himself in the mountains in California. He was meant to meet a friend later in the day. He stumbled on an illegal drug farm. He heard shotguns being loaded and was attacked by someone who he fought off and ran for his life. Dogs were sent after him and he was pursued slash shot at by four guys. He had to shoot the dogs and unfortunately had to shoot one of the men out of self-defense. He eventually made it to where he was supposed to meet his friend before passing out from exhaustion. His friend found him and took him home. He was able to report the farm and they made a ton of arrests. He still has the gun from the ordeal and it has huge gashes in the stock from when he was traversing and fell down a rocky cliff while running. He still hunts but never by himself. I was up in a tree stand overlooking a small clearing in the woods a couple years ago hunting whitetail. I didn't see anything all day and the sun was starting to set. At about that time two coyotes came from under my stand and were in the clearing playing and wrestling with each other. This didn't scare me at all and I was enjoying getting to watch them from my stand while the sun set. They both stopped though and looked in the same direction and then trotted off. I didn't really think anything of it at first, figured they maybe caught my scent or something, and started tying my bow to the strap I used to lower it when what I swore was a huge mountain lion came out and slowly made its way across the clearing. This did petrify me, especially considering I was about a mile or so hike through the woods to our house. I waited for a bit hoping that it kept moving away from me, lowered my bow, and climbed down from the stand. As quickly and quietly as I could I ran back to the house through what was now very dark woods. Bobcats are native to where I hunt but mountain lions aren't, my family who was also on the property hunting swore it was just a bobcat for this reason, but this thing was huge and I know what I saw. A report came out a couple weeks later of a confirmed lion spotting with a game camera in my area and I didn't go back out that year. Coyotes and bears don't really bother me. They could obviously harm me but almost never actually do, but knowing a mountain lion could be coming from behind me scared the shit out of me. I used to hunt to fit in with the family many years ago. Didn't care for it. Wasn't good at it. Went and did it anyways. One of my first kills was a fawn. It. Was. Awful. I didn't mean to shoot a fawn. There was a whole herd of whitetails scattered around a field that we stumbled upon. The bastard donor I was with wasn't into hunting properly so we came upon them driving, at dusk, and he demanded I hop out of the vehicle and shoot at them from the truck door. I shot at the first brown thing that came into my sights. He was standing half behind a hilltop and I thought I'd shot at the doe. I was wrong and, let me tell you, there is nothing like watching an entire herd of whitetails scatter except for one lone doe who stays behind, standing there and calling loudly for her baby. 
I'll never forget how horrible it was. She didn't leave when we started approaching the fawn either. I got the gut-wrenching experience of watching her baby try to get up and run to her, but be entirely unable to because her front end was mangled, while she cried out for it more and more frantically. Eventually she ran when we got too close, but she didn't go far. She stayed at the tree line while the bastard donor fired round after round point-blank into the fawn's neck, missing each time and putting the animal in more and more distress. He was breaking its back, he said. He didn't. Eventually, it just bled out. I don't know when the doe left. She was gone when the fawn died. I was never able to go out into the fields after that. I'd questioned the family's hunting abilities for years at that point, I'd had concerns about their practices before, but seeing firsthand how ruthless, dangerous, and cruel so-called experienced hunters could be, and being thrown into the situation of being a danger myself, left me terrified of being in the trees-slash-fields with someone like that ever again. I'm still a massive supporter of safe, legal hunting, and I completely understand the appeal of it as both a sport, and a lifestyle, a freezer full of meat saves a lot of money. I'm thrilled when friends score a big hunt. I love seeing records set. But I'm also a huge advocate against any sort of poaching, improper gun use, and immoral hunting. People need to be educated about what they're doing and how. They need to understand the gravity that is killing another living thing. Yes, hunting can be thrilling, beneficial, and a great experience. But it's not like hockey or soccer or any other sport. It's dangerous and deadly. It's grim and disgusting. You either do it right, or you don't do it at all. I don't care how much fun you're having. You're involved in an activity with a lot of responsibilities and, if you can't fulfill that, you have no right to kill another living being. Couple that with how many people have died out where I live due to completely preventable hunting accidents, because so many people are like the bastard donor and worse, and you couldn't pay me enough to go back out there again. Professional hunter here. Saw a black guy hiding behind a tree spying on me whilst on the Appalachian Trail a few summers ago. Strangest thing ever was the following week, two hikers went missing from the same exact area. Made me realize keeping my wits about me is important, especially when traveling alone. Also, that humans are the most dangerous animals in the wilderness, not bears or anything else. I go shooting every year with two friends of mine in a very secluded area near a local national forest. It's far enough in that it requires an all-wheel drive vehicle in order to get to the cabin. We don't sleep in the cabin though, we sleep outside in tents since it's a bit nicer outside, and because my friend got bitten by a brown recluse inside of the cabin last year while trying to sleep. There are no other houses or people around for miles. We went to the cabin last year, and spent our last full day in a large clearing we had found about 10 minutes from our site, shooting all different types of guns. We headed back towards the cabin just as dusk was setting in. As we're pulling in next to the cabin where we always park, my buddy abruptly stops the truck and stares to the line of trees just a foot from the driveway. Him, you have got to be kidding me.
Me, what? Him, in the past two days, have either of you noticed that hanging there? I looked over to the line of trees, and the old skull of small-slash-medium-sized animal had been placed hanging off of the nub of a branch pointing directly towards our campsite. None of us had seen it before, and it was right where the truck had been parked before we left earlier in the day. It would have been extremely difficult to miss as my door would have nearly hit it as I got into the truck. We talked for a few minutes and decided that it probably hadn't been there before we left, but that there was nothing we could really do about it unless we just packed up and went home. We ended up staying the night in our tents, but I slept with one eye open and multiple loaded guns next to me thinking about how our campsite had been marked. I was 15 sitting in a tree stand waiting for last light. So it's finally pitch black and I start getting down from my tree stand. It was a climber, so I'm about halfway down with my headlamp on and all around me I see red eyes glowing. Probably 10 sets of eyes just looking at me. So I wait 5 minutes and the eyes disappear so I continue my descent. I get on the ground and start gathering my gear and packing everything up when this super loud haunting wail erupts and sounds like it's 20 yards away. The sound doesn't register and I panic grab my stuff and bolt through the woods as fast as I can running into bushes and tripping all over the place. Finally get to the field's edge before I realize it was a pack of coyotes. Scared the ever-loving shit out of me. I was in Montana in the mountains near Melrose in the Butte area. Me and my buddy had seen a herd of elk a couple days before and then saw them again along the mountain the next day as well, so we decided to head up a day or two after to since we both had tagged still. After a day of hunting and seeing nothing we decided to split up and he would go walk down one side and I would walk another. We were going to meet back up at the truck. It's about 5 and dusk is starting to settle in, so I decided to head back. On my way down. In the middle of the woods, I could hear this continuous sound but I could tell what it was as I started to come around a bend I could make out the faint sound of someone singing. I stopped to listen and was sure it was music but I couldn't tell exactly where it was coming from. I continued to walk and was half expecting to run into another hunter listening to music. I went around a bend and could hear the music much louder, I was 100% sure it was a radio or something at this point. I walked a little bit farther and there was a battery-powered radio sitting on a downed tree. There was no one around. I decided not to hang around wondering about it and was pretty weirded out at this point. So I climbed over the log that the radio was on so as to keep going on my way. When I got over the log, on the other side was a tipped-over box full of all different types of women's underwear and like half a dozen kids' dolls all arranged in a circle. The radio was an old tape player and had the same song over and over. I sped walked my ass out of there till I was far enough away, then I started running the rest of the way back. It was the weirdest shit ever. I always remembered the song playing, but didn't know what it was called till I heard it again a few years later, it was Skeeter Davis' The End of the World. I can't hear that song without getting chills now, not that I often hear it.
I'm always going to go back to the forest and this isn't a hunting story but here's one unknown thing that really freaked me out. I was hiking the highest peak in Utah with a small group over one fourth of July weekend and we had to backpack in about 12 miles to where we would set up camp. One of the guys in our group owned two pack llamas and brought them along to carry some stuff. The owner said that llamas are very territorial and will make a high-pitched gobbling sound if they feel threatened. I thought that was weird and didn't really believe him. On the second night after summiting the peak, I had a crazy headache and wasn't getting any sleep in my tiny single-person tent. I had been laying there for hours after everyone else had gone to bed and it was late into the night when I started hearing gobbling from the llamas in our camp. Sitting alone in a tent with no protection and not knowing what is looming around my campsite did not make for a fun night and that was the last time I slept in a tent. In the morning everyone said they were asleep and did not hear anything. When I was bow hunting with my dad in Nevada it was about 45 minutes to an hour before sunset and we were walking back to the truck. When you hunt you hear birds, the wind through the trees, insects. Well all of sudden it just got dead quiet. No wind. No insects. No birds. Nothing. You could hear a pin drop. My dad stopped me and told me to get down low. I of course thought he saw a cow elk and so I got down and we stayed like that for about 10 minutes just straining to hear something. All of sudden we could hear birds the insects, the wind. Once we got back to the truck I asked him why we were so quiet because I didn't see any elk. He said there wasn't any elk but there was something. I asked him if it was a mountain lion. He said something didn't feel right. I've been hunting these mountains for 30 years never felt what I felt at that mountain. That was 5 years ago and my dad doesn't go back to that area to hunt. Not me but my dad, he hunts a lot in deep Florida swamps using hound dogs. So the pack of dogs chase the deer and he chases the dogs and it leads him to the deer, well late one night his pack wouldn't come to him when he called them. They were chasing something, something that was freaking them out. It was late and he was ready for them to stop the chase so he could gather them up and call it a night. He also had a suspicion based off how excited they were that they were tracking a bear and not a deer. Eventually he gets to a shallow but wide creek that the dogs won't pass and in the twilight he sees what they were tracking. It was about 6 feet 2 covered in reddish black hair, walking upright and stunk. Whatever it was, turned back as it was crossing the creek and locked eyes with my dad and his dogs. My dad says it wasn't a bear or a man. Then it disappeared into the bush on the other side. My dad was so freaked out he ran and left his dogs because they still refused to stop chasing it and wouldn't come to him. He only ever found half of his hound pack. He's only ever told family about it. So this is going to sound completely made up. However, when I was younger my father bought a plot of reclaimed coal mines land. It was quite literally in the midst of hundreds of acres of wilderness. Me and my younger brother would play in the woods around our house and we found some interesting stuff.
There was an old wooden wagon that was broken down and rotting that we found. We also found what looked like the remnants of an old cable pulley system with wooden buckets attached to it. The thing that scared me the most happened to me and my best friend at the time. We were outside playing basketball when these shadowy figures appeared at the edge of the forest. There were four of them and they were completely black except for their eyes. It was like a pin prick through paper that when you shine a light on it the paper is the shadow and hole is this area of light. That's what their eyes looked like. They knew us by name and called out to us. They were calling us over to them. We ran away into the house and didn't come out for a long time. This happened when I was 8 or 9 years old and I guess I repressed it but I kept having this memory of these shadow people and my friend. At first I thought it was just a dream that I'd had but the memory was persistent. When I was much older, I believe mid-twenties, I was with my friend and told him that I had a question that I needed to ask him. I told him that it was going to sound crazy but it happened while we were playing basketball when we were younger. He instantly answered saying the shadow people at the edge of the woods. It completely threw me. He verified that it had truly happened without me really asking about it. It still shakes me to this day when I think about it. Not what I saw but what I heard. Last year in northwest Florida I was out hunting the swamp from a kayak. I had stayed out longer than I had wanted and went into the swamp further than I wanted. As darkness started creeping on me I had a huge owl sweep down on me and almost hit me. It was absolutely silent. I never heard it until it had almost made contact with me. That started the puckering of the anus. After I somewhat calmed down from that I noticed that a deafening silence had come over the swamp. Completely unusual. Then it started. As I was paddling I noticed a sound off in the distance. It was a faint sound of drums and people singing. Now where I was at was many miles in a swamp with one way in and many miles to any other access to solid land. As I sat and listened it became obvious to me that I was hearing music and chanting of Native Americans. I sat listening for quite some time. It was the only sound in the entire swamp. Then as quickly as I had noticed it it had stopped. I paddled on in without any other sounds for the rest of the trip. I was walking out to a tree stand earlier than I probably should have. Legally you can get to a stand 30 minutes before sunrise. I was probably 45 minutes before sunrise. On the way out, I watched a Florida panther cross the road, extremely endangered and very rare to see. Heart racing, I keep going to the stand. As I reach the stand, a black bear is sitting in my tree stand. I stay far enough away it didn't care about me. And half an hour passes, maybe more, before it climbed down out of my tree and climbed the tree maybe 100 meters away. I figured nothing I could see after this would be better than what I just witnessed, so I walked back out to the road. The most terrifying thing a hunter can experience is the eerie dead silence. Mostly when going into the woods you'll hear insects, birds, wind, even distant airplanes, etc. But once in a blue moon, 
all life ceases and you can hear your own blood pumping. It almost feels like an extremely suspenseful moment before a climactic event. The two times in my life this happened was in the middle of Cajun country Louisiana, and neither time did I stick around to find out what that climactic event is. I was on a hunting trip with my father when I was about 14 years old in GA. I was in my own spot and my father was in his own about a mile off. It was black powder season and I hear the boom of a black powder rifle go off in the direction of my father's spot. I start heading that way to help him field strip the deer. About a half a mile away I then hear my father screaming help. Help. I immediately book it as fast as I can through the swamp and briars, quite slowly because of how thick it was, while my father yells the entire time. I just knew that he had either fallen out of his stand or his old black powder rifle had exploded and injured him and I was thinking of what I would do when I got there, neither of us had cell phones and we were a couple miles away from any phone. The yelling goes from help to it's okay bubba I'm okay. Bubba is my nickname which is also now my son's who thinks it's his actual name, in the span of about 5 minutes. A couple minutes later I find my father, lying almost fully submerged in a creek with a massive 10 point buck laying on him. My father believed to have shot this deer, climbed down from his stand, got to the creek when this deer came out of some brush and gored him in the arms. He fell into the creek with the deer's antlers stuck in his arm and was able to drown the deer on behalf of it being stuck. It turned out the shot had only hit the deer in the leg and the deer charged him when he came down to look for it. Most people never believe me when I tell this story and I probably wouldn't either had I not been there. I have the head of that mean some bitch hanging in my office. not hunting but found a hunter. Outback Australia. Two of us doing some soil sampling 100s of km away from any kind of civilization. We stop for lunch and sit under a tree on the bank of a dry creek. Been there for at least 5 minutes when we both hear PSST like someone's trying to get our attention. We're both looking around even though we know it's impossible that anyone else is around. Then we hear PSST. Hey mate up here. We look up to find a sniper in the tree directly above us. Turns out part of his training involves sitting in a tree for days at a time shooting feral cats. I think he was as surprised as we were to find another person out where we were. It was one of the most remote regions of Australia. I used to live in northern Wisconsin, a ways north of Minoqua. Our house was against a mostly endless chunk of forest and I used to go walking all day with my dog, some lunch, a compass, and a .22 just to plink away at squirrels or whatever varmint. One fine day I had ranged particularly far into a mossy low area with soggy ground. The forest had that eerie stillness that seems unnatural, that humans don't like. I came out into a clearing with a slightly raised area and saw a goddamn shanty town. It was this cobbled together town. I shit you not. Had a little main street and maybe 7 to 10 buildings. One of them was even two story. I stayed still for a minute, and my dog knew to do the same, and just watched. 
I decided it was actually a nice place. The clearing let a little sunlight in. The shanties were decorated with those leftover carpet squares. I could see Christmas lights strung up probably for light not festive purposes. Nothing moved, no sounds. So I took a few steps in, gun in hand, not on shoulder. I leaned in the doorway to the first shack, it was well lit via some windows and it was clearly an apartment. Some candles, and a bunch of shitty magazines. It had a bed, a makeshift bookshelf and a makeshift kitchenette. There was a bit of uneaten food that had not yet rotted on the bookshelf. That last one really caught my attention. I usually go quietly in the woods but I hadn't been approaching with stealth in mind. Looked at my dog, saw a ridge of hair on his back. At this point I felt very foolish and conspicuous. Decided it was time to get the F out of here, my 22 wasn't going to stop anyone and it was of course a rifle, poor for close quarters against multiple moving targets. So me and the pooch noped the F out of there. After we were about 500 yards, we jogged for about 30 minutes just to gain distance. We made sure to cross a few streams and alter course a few times. Later in life I did a mission to go back there. This time I approached with stealth in mind, no dog, and a different gun. No shanty town, all gone. But I could still clearly see signs of where the shacks used to be, and their community fire pit. I assume they went deeper. When I was just a kid, roughly 14, I am now 20, my dad and I went archery hunting on state game land a couple miles from our house. There were a lot of tram roads from people mining for coal back in the days. That said, we were a mile from the main road where we had our tree stands at, my dad's stand was about 100 yards east of mine. Anyway, it was getting dark so I knew to head out of the stand and meet my dad at the truck. I heard all this crashing and thought one, my dad was meeting my at my stand for once and two, he was making a lot of noise. So I turn my head and boom I see two little bear cubs play fighting with one another. They couldn't have been a year old. Truly a beautiful sight to see. However, what terrified me the most? Where was mama bear? I immediately called my dad freaking out. He said well you're an idiot for staying in the woods this long. Should have been at the truck by now. Just make your way towards me, I'll meet you on the trail. The cubs were far enough out to where I could still see them but there was a good distance between us. With my arrow still notched and my 3 inches pocket knife in my hand I climbed out of my stand and tried to be as quiet as possible. I met my dad and we made it home. I have never been more terrified of the woods. Except when I run into a spider web hanging face level in the middle of a trail. Heart attack. Every time. Back in 1989, my dad was hunting out in New Kent County, Virginia. He feels uneasy throughout the morning and then he gets really spooked to the point where he decides to leave. Nothing weird is happening and he's a lifelong hunter who wouldn't normally leave the woods for a bad feeling. Can vouch, he's very practical. As he's driving home, he sees a bunch of cop cars at the rest stop near his hunt club. Later that evening, 
He finds out that the cops had found the bodies of victims of the Colonial Parkway killer near the rest stop in a spot fairly close to his tree stand. Anna Maria Phelps and Daniel Lauer. Not a hunter but a trekker. Once while I was trekking with my family up a mountain in India. There was no trail or anything we were just climbing. Once we reached the top we saw this little hidden almost stage-like area with a tree a pool and steps. Not that creepy, right? Except the entire tree was covered in old clothes. The pool was too and also with toys and footwear. Not new clothes but quite visibly worn ones. It looked like it had all happened in a hurry but there were close to 200 to 250 clothing items there. It was so scary, we hightailed it out of there. When we returned to the hotel we asked the staff about it. The manager said that the locals believe the fort on the other side of the hill to be haunted, and that there are various witchcraft cults in the area. He said never to go in the hills at night. This was the creepiest experience ever. 